Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey. Today we're brought to you by 4constructionpros.com and we're sponsored by Caterpillar. In fact, we're joined today by three of their best product specialists. You've heard them before and they're awesome. Jason Hurtis, who covers uh, the quarry and aggregates equipment area. Lonnie Fritz, who addresses the heavy and uh, highway construction equipment. And then Scott Hageman, who deals with the great technology equipment. Guys, it's always good to have you here today. Today's podcast is really kind of a general scope discussion around attachments. And Lonnie, can you kick us off on that whole theme that we want to try to address today and get into more detail? Yeah, as it relates to attachments, work tools, as Caterpillar calls them, I just ask you, Brad, which of the 5,000 would you like to talk about? <laughs> well, you know, on some other podcasts, we've been involved with, uh, you know, some graders, motor graders, the wheel loaders, dozers, and excavators. If you want to stay in that four area, that might be a good place to start. Uh, reaching out to our global manager, we're around 5,000 part numbers right now, just to kind of scope this. But when you look across 300 plus machines and you start bringing multiple attachments to each one of those product lines, it adds up in hurry. But most importantly, let's drill down to one. And I'm going to start with the quick coupler. Okay. It is viewed as an attachment. It should be standard on almost every excavator out there. Jason is the expert in wheel loaders and fusion couplers and couplers on wheel loaders. You can go down through the product line, but it really allows those machines to be the most efficient when it comes to a compaction wheel, a plate compactor, a course, a bucket, any of the other attachments that we can quickly pin on. We continue to design and develop even in the smaller product line with skid steers, how quickly can we get a attachment on and back off and attach to another? So that's on the side of how do we couple up and drive the greatest efficiency in comparison to selecting the right attachment. We've talked about GCs and standard and XE machines. Now we throw even more attachments at you and it's fun. It's simply fun. When you look at a skid steer in a cold milling operation, minimum three attachments they're going to bring with them, right? It's broom, it's bucket, it's their mill head. And that takes that whole machine and just opens it up to endless versatility. So the sky is the limit. We can go about this in any way, shape or form. But one other thing I do want to share is where we're bringing so much to the market is you might say a GC attachment. And yes, it's for real. We have GC hammers now. And we don't just create this stuff out of thin air just because we want to do something, you know, in the engineering design. But again, just like the machines, they're simplified. It's for ease of maintenance at a lower cost per hour. So I just want to throw that thought in there as well, Brad. When you look at attachments, we don't get away from the GCs either because we see the market demand for them yeah. to best serve, again, the needs on the job site. Well, it sounds to me, and, and maybe Scott, you can come up, uh, maybe address this next. Obviously, with 5,000 attachments, I mean, I, I know they're organized by equipment, but Scott, any advice? It sounds to me like I might want to get a dealer involved with me to help me out a little bit on that. Once again, the consulting that we do with our customers, most customers do come to us with something in mind, whether they've seen it on social media, they've seen it with their competition, but the attachments are there for a reason. And it's not just to sell another big piece of iron stuck on the back of a tractor or on the front of a hydraulic excavator. So talk to your salesman, ask him what you're doing, and he can ask you 
would this attachment help you? If it wouldn't help you, then it's not something worth investing in. But right now, I'm getting a lot of calls on something called a tilt rotator. It's a device that goes on the end of the quick connect coupling that Lonnie was talking about. Instead of the standard bucket on a hydraulic excavator, and then the next step up would be a tilt bucket. This is actually a tilt bucket, then it rotates out there and you can actually make it a front shovel. Unbelievable productivity if you have the right operator. And I know we've talked earlier about finding operators, but uh, tilt rotators have been very popular in Europe. And my old self kind of thought they'd just stay over there. So I didn't follow them too much, but they're (laughs) increasing their popularity over here in the States very, very fast. Interesting. Obviously, from your standpoint, Jason, what might be some other considerations you could throw to a contractor to consider in terms of attachments? Well, I think at least for wheel loaders and a lot of the quarry space, that's where you need to start. You need to figure out what the attachment is and then back into the machine. A lot of people start with the machine and then try to figure out the attachment. Gotcha. But figure out what size bucket you need, what type of GET, what type of bucket volume you need to load your trucks to do your application, and that'll help you back into a machine. I'm encouraging a lot of customers now, order the auxiliary lines, even if you don't think you're going to need them today. At least when you order it from us in the factory, get that third valve and the auxiliary lines on. You never know when you may have to put on a grapple or a four-in-one bucket, or you want to add a quick coupler later because now you need forks. So at least add it when you're ordering it. That allows you some flexibility in the future, and you're going to get that money back, either in your use of the attachment or in the resale value of it. But it's critical that you start at the end of the attachment. I think one other thing just to mention real quickly is, as Lonnie mentioned, most skid steers have at least three attachments. So you got a couple skid steers on the site, you end up with six attachments. You got four or five different buckets for the excavator. You got a bucket and forks for the wheel loader. How do you know where all those attachments are and and where they're at? I need a set of forks for this job and what job did I leave those on? And, oh, Lonnie's got it over on his job, but Scott needs it over here. So there's telematics devices that you can put on there to track your attachments. And that's how many attachments people are getting and that's how important they are to the job. So you can tell where that attachment's at. So you can send somebody to pick it up without having to remember, I left it behind the tree on the other job site, should still be there, those sort of things. But let me ask you another question, because I want you to stay on point here for just a moment. We've talked so many times about the advantages at times of leasing equipment. When I lease a piece of equipment, do those three attachments come along? Are those all individually sought? And do my, and typically, I'm sure it depends on the size of the dealer, and I understand that part, but do they always have access to some of this uh, attachments or is it something they have, we have to wait on them if they don't? Most of our dealers stock the common attachments in multiples. They'll have several hammers on site. They'll have forks and multiple buckets and multiple types of GET. Some of the more specialty attachments, like the greater blade for a speed steer, they may not stock that depending on their market. Um, Another dealer may stock it so they could do a dealer trade really quick rather than ordering directly from the factory. So it kind of depends on what the local dealer market is, what customers are using. As far as leases, yeah, I mean, a wheel loader and excavator is kind of worthless without a bucket. So you can definitely add those into a lease. And if you get the wrong one, you can always rent. You can just rent a bucket. You could rent a hammer from the dealer to supplement the job or anything else that you need to do quickly and easily. I'm assuming the technology and a lot of these attachments also are, are obviously are, are built around besides safety, which is 
prime, I know, but also speed. Would that be accurate? Speed from what type of standpoint? I'm literally talking about the time it takes to remove one attachment to put another one on. Oh, yeah. Hydraulic quick couplers. and uh, Yeah, absolutely. Nobody wants a manual coupler anymore, no. especially on a skid steer. Nobody wants right. to open the door and reach down two inches in front of you and couple or uncouple. Right. Um, and the bigger equipment, it's hard to change without a hydraulic coupler. It's hard to drive pins in and out. So like on wheel loaders and excavators, they're all hydraulic couplers with built-in safety features, you know, red flags, red tabs, audible warnings in the cab that, you know, it's not locked, it's not fully attached. And then we also go encourage the safety procedures, even if the red tab is not visible, the audible arm isn't there, still press down on the bucket or on the cutting edge or rotate it once or twice before you go into action just to give it a final double check that everything's good and it's secured and ready to go to work. Are most of the attachments, and I assume they are, I mean, Lonnie mentioned start off this podcast with 5,000, where do you want to start? Are there, quote, aftermarket attachments that can be used on Caterpillar equipment, or is that not something that you would recommend any of you guys? Uh, Scott, if you want to address that first, maybe. Yeah, there are some universal connectors out there. So you can use some of the standard attachments across different product families and different product OEMs, which is the good thing because if there's not a demand for enough of one certain attachment, Caterpillar might not choose to make that special attachment if it's a one-off. Gotcha. But then a customer could pick that up somewhere else. Well, let me ask you this, and, and, and maybe this could be some ways we can begin to, to close down a little bit on this topic, but... What might be words of advice for a contractor that each of you might offer as it relates to uh, attachment selection, considerations of what are the things they should be looking at before they make a determination on an attachment? I mean, give us a little bit of your guys' wisdom on the equipment that you guys are representing. I think it goes back to application again, Brad. You know, if you're in there looking at an excavator, a machine that, you know, marries up to many, many attachments and applications it performs in is do your homework. Know across the 10 to 12,000 hours, not that you have a crystal ball, but you have a pretty good idea how you're going to be using that machine to present that to your dealer salesman. Say, I'm going to be needing to maintain some timber here. That's a whole different conversation than this machine's going to spend 95% of its time sitting on a bench loading trucks. Right. So again, application-based because there's such a wide range of choices out there to choose from. Another thing we haven't really touched on, this is a little different than the attachment itself, but how are you going to armor that attachment? What materials are you going to be in? If we're talking a real highly abrasive material, again, that is another aspect that needs a hard look and consideration as to what you need to put on for teeth and side cutters and other mechanisms to prevent accelerated wear. We know everything's going to wear. And it's the same thing with teeth and a millhead. Yeah. So it's all those different things that come in with these attachments. As mentioned, as the cat locator, that comes into the wear too, is how would we track hours, Brad, of a specific bucket that's been used on our jobs back in the days when you and I were in the field. And that hasn't been that long ago. We didn't know unless it never was detached from that machine. And then we could go buy the service meter units off of that machine. So it's a great way to understand location utilization, maintenance, and all those other things to monitor those assets. A lot to be said here with work tools, attachments, call them what you would like, but they really need to have the same level and degree of thought put into them and research done. Because you can have a lot of excavator there, but a lot of it comes down to what's hanging off the end of that stick. Yeah, that's a good point. 
And good point. Scott, can you add something to that advice to contractors to consider? Education. There's so many things out there. And like Lonnie's mentioning, you know, you educate yourself for your specific situation. Everybody has different tactics that they go at and different way they might bid jobs. So you might need different attachments based on how you're bidding a job. Yeah. So just don't do something because the person next to you has done it or don't do the same thing you've done for the last 10 years when new features do come out. That's good. Good advice. Jason, I'll give you final word on that. I agree with these guys. Do your research. You know, a bucket today is not the same as a bucket yesterday. You got different profiles. Your attachments can significantly change the performance of the machine too. So start with the attachment, do your research, pick the machine to fit all the spectrum of attachments that you're going to be using and get on down the road. Awesome. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. This is an important topic for a lot of contractors listening right now because obviously we need multiple attachments depending on what our area of work is. I get that. But I see so many contractors who just don't put a lot of time and effort into that. And I think in some cases they probably have, in fact, invested in the wrong, not just attachment, they probably have invested in the wrong equipment anyway. But but I think you got to do your homework for sure. Well, as a contractor, if you're listening to this, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. In fact, as I've as I'll say almost on every podcast, you're certainly welcome to listen to it again. We've been brought to you by fourconstructionpros.com, and that's a good place to go to find more podcasts that the team here has done. We've done over the last few years. We've got, I don't know, 40 or 50 or more probably now on a lot of topics, not just equipment, but a lot of topics. And if you've listened to some in the past or if you haven't, uh, go back and check us out. If you want more additional resources and some of it available from the four of us in different formats, go to fourconstructionpros.com and CAT, C-A-T cat.com. You might be surprised what else you might be able to find to help you. Thank you for listening today. We want you to use this information, put it to good use and be profitable as you move forward. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Link to helpful content from cat experts featured on the cat landscaping and construction Facebook page.